Welcome back to the Heavenly Bread Podcast. Welcome! (laughs) (laughs) We're back. This is episode three of this season. Um, I don't know if you guys, maybe you're new to the show. There's actually, we have two full seasons that we filmed in the past uh, past, mm, two years, actually. I've I've been doing the show even longer than the ministry was around. Mm -hmm. And so first season is in Kansas City. Second season Mm -hmm. is in Dallas. And then third season is here in Denver. New season, new city. New season, new city. (laughs) Exactly. And that was actually the title of our first episode of this season. Oh, yeah. Did you know that? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, New, it was like new... New city, new, oh, new co-host, new, uh, just new, just everything's new. Yeah. Praise God. So guys, Carissa Maroka is back with us. Of course, she's going to be co-hosting this whole season. And I'm so happy to have you here with us. If you guys don't uh, follow our social media, then you should. You definitely should. Right? I mean, why should they? What What? What, what are they going to find on there, Carissa? I mean, what aren't you going to find? So much <laughs> so much biblical content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, really just, you'll see clips from the show. Yeah. But also a lot of additional footage that isn't on the podcast or on YouTube. Absolutely. So each platform kind of has its own special content that's right so. and you're the director over the social media department mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. tiktok and instagram mm-hmm. so yeah guys if you're listening and you want to to follow that make sure you do um man this episode we just chris and i've been talking about what should we talk about i just felt like we should dive into the heart of the bridegroom jesus And this is kind of a topic that is really special to me. I feel like it's one of my primary messages, to be honest with you, even in my early 20s. But I think I'm going to carry this for the rest of my life. I feel Mm -hmm. like this is something that I'm just called to help bring this side of who Jesus is Mm -hmm. into, uh, you know, my sphere of, of influence and, and to help feed my generation with this side of Jesus, the bridegroom. But before we jump into that, we got to plug Come our on. sponsor, right? We have to. Carissa, who is our, <laughs> I got this part. our business partner? <laughs> Summer Moon. Summer Moon Coffee. Come on. Guys, this is going to be the best coffee, in my opinion, that you can get. It's in Dallas. Mm-hmm. There's actually like five or six different locations in the Dallas area, whether you're in Fort Worth or up Frisco. in Frisco. They actually have Summer Moon in Kansas City and in Austin, Texas as well. So if you're in those cities, go there. I was actually in or in uh, Dallas this last weekend and made a little stop by. Oh. Had to get myself... Strategic planning. Had to. Had to get myself a coffee. If you know me, I'm not a huge coffee guy. But this specific coffee, I think it's delicious because they have this certain thing called moon milk. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of their sweet cream. It's a secret recipe. But you guys, if you're around and you want some good coffee, go there and get yourself a cup. Yeah. Right, Krista? Just get it. It's going to be good. <laughs> got moon milk. You got moon milk. Out of this world. Out of this world. Okay. So back to the bridegroom. <laughs> right? Amen. I had somebody asked me back six or eight months ago, they were like, Mm -hmm. where do you see the 
bridegroom Jesus mentioned in the scriptures? A lot. <laughs> <And> <laughs> or I'm, don't you? And I, that was kind of my question yeah. or my answer. I was like, oh man, you would be surprised. The if prophets you, ripped me. It's actually from the very beginning yeah. all the way to the very end. True. It's everywhere. I mean, where do you, yeah. So what you wanted in the garden. <laughs> it's exactly right. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, but like what are, what are some of the, off the top of your head, oh, mm-hmm. what do you think of like when you think of a bridegroom passage or mm-hmm. Jesus, heart of the heart of the Lord mm-hmm. in his bridegroom sense? What do you think of? Um, one place I always go is Ephesians 5. Talks about like husbands oh, loving their wives, but it's like as Christ of the bride washed her, cleansed her, like mm-hmm. presenting her to himself, like spotless, blameless, without wrinkle. Um, oh, I love that one because he... He Paul basically he's giving this whole thing. You think he's talking about marriage between a husband and wife, yeah, he's like, and he is, and yet he gets to the end and he's like, "By the way, this mystery is profound because I'm talking actually, about Adam and Eve." Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and he's like, "This mystery is profound because I'm actually talking about Jesus and the church," mm-hmm. and he uses this mm-hmm. bridegroom, husband, and wife language, yeah, to illustrate this certain side of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. I think John 14 as well. I'm, I mean, a lot of the upper room discourse, 13 through 17, but mm-hmm. like 14 talks about like, I will, I like, I go to prepare a place for you. Mm-hmm. I will come back and bring you to myself that like where I am, you may be also. Yes. And a lot of pe- people don't realize that's bridegroom language. Yeah especially for the Jewish, Jewish culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you explain just a second on that? I mean, I don't know a time, but I did read an article once. So I'm basically a professional. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like in the betrothal period in Jewish, Jewish culture, mm-hmm. like the bride and the groom wouldn't see each other. And the groom yes. would literally be preparing a home. And then you didn't know how long the time would be as the bride. Yes. And so you were getting ready. You were making preparations. And then whenever the bridegroom came back, he would mm-hmm. literally, like he had prepared a place for you and was coming to retrieve you to be with you in covenant. Yes. So literally. So when he says that in John chapter 14. It's not just like, oh, I'm making a place for you. Right. It's literally the heart of the bridegroom. And he's and, and every Jewish listener who heard him would mm-hmm. have known, wow, Jesus is comparing himself to a bridegroom right mm-hmm. here. And so sometimes we miss those little things just yeah. being oh, you know, 21st century American mm-hmm. reader of the Bible. Yeah. But so there's things there's places in the in the scriptures that are like that, but then there's some that are just very um clear and explicit yeah, tons. <laughs> when Jesus is calling himself, mm-hmm. I am, you know, married to you or you're, mm-hmm. or especially when he, will be called married. Yes. Especially when he's talking about Israel mm-hmm. through the old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get books like song of Solomon, mm-hmm. which are, is all about this concept, mm-hmm. all about the, you know, Jesus, the bridegroom and mm-hmm. us, the bride and the way that he relates to us. Mm-hmm. Fascinating book. One of my favorite books of the whole yeah. Bible, but you know, you see it from the very beginning in the mm-hmm. garden, mm-hmm. you see him betrothing the woman mm-hmm. to the man and there being sort of this like first sort of marriage mm-hmm. ceremony mm-hmm. starts with the marriage. And then 
all the way to the end of the book. This is the climax of all human history is us being given to Jesus as his bride Mm -hmm. and being given to him in marriage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I don't know. A lot of people just don't think about that and don't mm-hmm. realize, wait a minute, this whole thing's headed towards a wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, I thought um, that we would talk about some specific revelations of the bridegroom Jesus that I've gotten over the last mm, probably eight months. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you were at church back in Dallas Mm-hmm. whenever this happened. But there was one night, this was, I believe it was in March, late March of 22. We were at church at Upper Room Dallas and it was the end of the service. And Michael Miller, our pastor there, just got done preaching a message and he, it was ministry time and he called me up on stage. Were you there for this? <laughs> I don't so, I, so I'm just in the crowd. I've had minimal interaction with Michael. He's yeah. told me like once or twice that he enjoyed my prayer leading, you yeah. know, in the prayer room. Yeah. But next thing I know, I lock eyes, lock eyes with him. He's on stage. People are getting ministered to up in the front in the altar call. And I lock eyes with him and he's like, come up here. And I'm like, what? And I go up there. And he hands me the microphone and I was like, what do you want me to say? He's like, what is this for? (laughs) And he was like, I want you to pray. Can you pray for us? I was like, wow. Okay. And for the next 90 seconds, (laughs) it's like my mind went blank. And the only thing I could get out of my mouth was bridegroom. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that'll do it. Intimacy. Secret place. Oh my gosh. Bridegroom. It was like, it felt like that was all I could say. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but I got done and I was just like, what in the world just happened to me up there? Wait, I can do better. It's like, I forgot everything that I would pray, but it was, it was like, that's the Mm. only thing that could come out. Mm. And it was just interesting. I paid attention to that, Mm. but I paid it. But from that point forward, that was at the end of March, the Lord has highlighted the bridegroom Jesus to me more than any other aspect of who he is. Mm. So uh, whenever that was, so it's been like seven or eight months since that time. And, and so I I don't know. I thought we would just talk about some of that. Let's do it. Does that sound good to you? I'm here. You're here for it. I'm here. You got me for the next (laughs) 30 minutes. So (laughs) no, I'm kidding. And, and uh, by the way, we didn't talk about these beforehand. I mean, I shared one of them with Carissa just to kind of give her a little bit of like, you know, what a little sampler. sample, <laughs> a, little, a little taste. So uh-huh. she know a little bit of the direction we'll go, but. Barely. Barely, right? I'm listening for the first time with all of you, so. And so this, and this one, I, I want to share these and then I want to, Chris, I want to hear your thoughts on them mm-hmm. and let's kind of just dialogue back and forth. Sounds good. Sound good? Yeah. All right, guys, come with us on this, on this little, the next 20 minutes or so. Okay, so this first revelation of the bridegroom that the Lord gave me kind of came in an interesting way. I was back in Dallas. I was driving home from a prayer set And a lot of you guys know my story that I came out of addiction to pornography. Actually, in November will be seven 
full years wow. of freedom Come on. Um, from, from addiction to pornography, masturbation, that whole thing back mm-hmm. in 2015 at Thanksgiving time was whenever I had an encounter with the Lord and, and that whole, or I was delivered uh, from that. And so, but I, I doesn't mean I don't get tempted, mm-hmm. uh, especially, it's, you know, I've, I've experienced different seasons of where it feels like I'm just so far above every temptation. Like mm-hmm. it's just would be silly if the enemy would try and come against me in that season. But, you know, the scriptures talk about how Satan, when he tempted Jesus, he left him until a more opportune time. And so mm-hmm. he's always looking for different, you know, opportunities to try and get in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I'm just driving home from a prayer set one day. Mm-hmm. I actually had just finished the a few days before preaching at a men's conference mm-hmm. and it was all about freedom and it was awesome. And I'm driving, now I'm in tr- bumper to bumper traffic as it is in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. Rip. A rip. And I began to just feel this temptation, mm-hmm. not just to watch pornography, but it was a specific temptation that was an, an enticement that was pulling me towards it. It was my heart's desire was to watch uh, the type of pornography where the woman would be articulating to the man that there was no one who could bring her pleasure like he could. Mm-hmm. Very specific, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, whenever, whenever, if ever I'm tempted in, a, in such a way like this, I have cultivated just a relationship with Jesus where I'm able to come to him even with that, even with the ugliness of my own heart or ugliness of whatever's coming against me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ashamed that I feel these different things or sometimes I will be ashamed and he'll yeah. like come against that pretty yeah. hard. But I just come to him in that moment in my car. I'm like, Jesus, right now, like you see this desire of mine mm-hmm. and he just speaks to me this thing this thing back to my heart. He goes, Nathan, you feel that because you're your father's son. I was like, what? You're like, wait a minute. I'm like, what? And then he begins to show me that Jesus actually, he he begins to to speak to me, to my heart. He goes, Nathan, I actually long to hear my bride Mm -hmm. articulate to me that Mm -hmm. I myself am the only one who can bring her pleasure. No Mm -hmm. one can bring her delight like I can. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah. Are you serious? And it gave me a whole new lens for whenever we say things like, Jesus, no one brings delight to me like you do. Mm-hmm. It's actually like hitting on this thing in the heart of the Lord mm-hmm. that is is like placed in in us. We think this that, that might be dirty or mm-hmm. something. No, that's actually a holy desire that Jesus himself has. Yeah. And the enemy in that moment was trying to pervert that mm-hmm. in me and basically pull me into a uh use what was God given and placed in my heart and that mm-hmm. re- something that reflected the bridegroom yeah. Jesus to pull me into sin and compromise. Yeah. Um but in in actuality, he just ushered me into a revelation of the heart of mm, Jesus. Yeah. So, what do you think about that specific revelation? What? Yeah. What do you like? What? I want to hear some of your thoughts. Hmm. I mean, I think first before like even the revelation, 
um, that ability to be able to run to the father mm. in those places where there's such a temptation to like shrink back of like, yes. man, I shouldn't like have this thought by now. I shouldn't be wrestling with this thing. Like I thought, it, you know, we had this covered. Right. Um, and I think it's just like incredible that we get to boast in the sufficiency yes. of what Jesus has done and know that our access and our proximity to the father is yes. by his righteousness, which he's given us. Mm -hmm. And so like, we don't have to shrink back in shame. Like that was, yes. that was the worst part of the fall in the garden where they That's began right. to shrink back and hide from God. And so like his redemption enables us to be able to like, come yes um and so i think that's so important for if anyone listening mm -hmm. especially like has similar temptations and wrestles like yes. to learn go to the father yes and let him invite you into these like, I think places of revelation i think you're so right chris this even this topic i mean we're looking at the bridegroom jesus but really the the topic of sexuality is kind of wrapped up in mm -hmm. this even the specific first one jesus is the one who created sex mm -hmm. and he's the one who placed even sexual desires in our yeah. own heart True, because they reflect different dynamics of who mm -hmm. he is. Yeah. And so that's something I, I love that you pointed out because that is such a, it's such a crucial thing whenever we're dealing with temptation mm -hmm. to be able to come to the Lord and not be afraid to dialogue with him about yeah. this subject. He knows anyway. <laughs> he does. Like, what are you really hiding? Yeah. But yeah. I think without that, though, you don't get the revelation. Yes. Like, if you're just shrinking back or like, we're not going to talk about this, mm -hmm. you're not going to get... It is it is intimacy that you get revelation out of. Like, it's from the place of intimacy. Yes. Of communing in those places. Um that it's a door for mm -hmm. the Lord to just show us something. So, And I want to add one more thing to this revelation. Mm -hmm. As I'm hearing this, the Lord shows me, the Father shows me, Nathan, I've been fulfilling this desire in Jesus mm -hmm. until he has an equally yoked bride mm -hmm. who will fulfill this uh, and and be able to like, uh, you know, they've matured it we've matured in our love enough to where we're always doing this. Mm -hmm. We're always articulating this. Mm -hmm. He showed me, Nathan, this is what I spoke to Jesus whenever he was baptized. Mm -hmm. He said, you, you mm -hmm. specifically are my son oh, in whom is all my delight. Yeah. That is that same thing. Yeah. So that thing in Jesus that desires to have this from his bride, mm -hmm. the father's been filling that gap Yeah. in the meantime. And he will continue to do that, but mm. he's raising up an equally yoked bride that yeah. will be able to fill that gap too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, I'm trying to not like totally go rogue, but. Go wherever you is, want. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. No, that's actually, um, I have communed once you were asking me like, where have you encountered the bridegroom? Yes. I, it was occurring to me. I've communed with the Lord in the place of longing for like covenant relationship yes and that is i think one of the things where it's like the father mm, fulfills like that space in jesus what you're talking about mm -hmm. but jesus knows what it's like to long and mm -hmm. to wait yes um and so i think there's sometimes talk to 
this I think this was like freedom for me mm-hmm. of because just sometimes the way like sexuality, singlehood, like all this stuff is talked about. Yes. I do not like the way it's talked about. And yeah. They're like, oh, you know, just get like fulfilled in God and you won't have a longing for a spouse. I'm like, yo, I've been fulfilled in God for years. Yes. But it's like Jesus is fulfilled by the Father. Mm -hmm. Like he's in perfect communion with the Father. He's not in lack. Mm -hmm. And yet he still has a longing. Yes. And he still has desires. Yes. And And so- I found that the closer I get to Jesus, the greater the desire. Yeah. Yeah. Stirs up in my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm my father's son. Yeah. He's actually right now like longing for the day yeah. that he's united with his bride yes. in marriage. Like actually longing. <laughs> like we can't just like make that religious. Like Jesus has longings. Like mm-hmm. Jesus has longing and desire. Yes. Um, and so I think it's it's what you're saying of like there is there's always invitations to commune with him in these places, even where there's like brokenness and confusion and the enemy's trying to like pervert things. Right. There's something core in there Mm -hmm. that the Lord actually can fellowship with you in Mm -hmm. if you let him. And this, I feel like this leads into the second sort of revelation. The second one that he's given me is that he asks the father for his bride Mm. all day every day. Yeah. <laughs> and we're kind of hitting on this, but yeah. this is Hebrews seven twenty six, I believe it is, where it says he always lives to make mm-hmm. intercession for us, mm-hmm. that he would be able to save us to the uttermost. One yes. thing that he, he showed me that is he cross-referenced that with Psalm 2, the father yes. says to the son, ask of me, ask of me and I will give the nations your heritage. Mm-hmm. And I believe Jesus has responded to that invitation to ask him for his bride. Mm. And he's like, okay, I'm going to ask you every day, all day. I'm going to always live to make intercession. Not only that, not only that, but at the same time that he's committed himself to praying for his, his Mm. bride to come forth. He's also fasting. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you're like, what do you mean? How is he fasting? Well, he said at the last supper, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you, you, Go, go there. No, go ahead. I'll, I'll bounce off in a minute. <laughs> he, said, he said, you know, how eagerly he is awaited to have this meal with us. And mm-hmm. he said, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine mm-hmm. until I drink it anew with you, yeah. essentially when I'm reunited with you mm-hmm. in the age to come. Yes. And so for the last 2000 years, he's been fasting from the fruit of the vine. Mm-hmm. He's been praying, always, always praying every day, all day, for what? For his bride, for his inheritance to come forth, that we would be with him, that we would see him in his glory. Mm -hmm. And so his heart is actively engaged in this longing. Yes. Even though he's fully fulfilled in the father, like you said just a second ago. Yeah. No, that's so good. Um, I love... I'm talking about like Jesus as high priest lives mm-hmm. to make intercession. Yes. But I'm even thinking like, okay, you before you get the revelation of him as high priest, you get lamb. So it's like lamb is first and high priest and bridegroom. Mm. And so it's like the ones he's making intercession for mm-hmm. are the ones that have received like the initial 
salvation because wow. it's, he's able yes. to save to the uttermost. So it's like the ongoing yes. salvation. And so it's- Because it's, that word saved can also be translated healed, preserved, mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. whole. Preserved is a huge one. Preserved is a huge because, one. Because like he's wanting his bride to make it to the end and he's saving her to the uttermost, like, like cleansing her, yes. sanctifying her so that by the time he comes as bridegroom, mm-hmm. like she- there's a partnership. Like he makes us ready and we make ourselves ready. Yes. But he's so committed. Like the prayers he's making are for us to actually come into the fullness yes. of the stature of Christ and to be an equal partner. So he's like praying us into the bride that he is worthy of. <sighs> he has essentially placed upon his, uh, placed our maturity upon his own prayers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating because we think, sometimes we think, oh, well, the cross and his blood. Yes, but more than that, he didn't just leave our our salvation and our maturity up to something that happened 2,000 years ago. He's not just ago. doing nothing yeah. in the meantime. It's yes. not like he's on a sabbatical, <laughs> yeah. you know, like he's actively pursuing mm-hmm. he's actively praying us through he's actively keeping us this is i us. think this is so much harder um than if he was just staying busy doing other things yeah because he's uh, b- by praying for us all the time he's kept his heart open mm, yeah and to the idea Ooh. of his bride you know eventually coming but he's also when he does that he feels the fact that we're not there Mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that that is like... And that some would fa- fall away, you know? Absolutely. It's like both. Sorry, that was kind of... <laughs> yeah, he keeps his heart right engaged there. towards the ones who will never reciprocate. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads me into the third one. Come on. <laughs> we didn't even plan this. We got she segues. Chris has no out. <laughs> idea, by the way, what like the next one is going yeah. to be. And so... The third one is that he says Matthew seven twenty three with tears in his eyes. Mm. And so if you know that passage, it's the one where, um, you know, many people are prophesying in his name, mm. um, casting out demons in his name, but then they mm. come to him and he says, depart from me for I never knew you. Mm-hmm. One, I've always looked at that passage as, okay, here's Jesus, the judge, right? But you actually can't, um, separate Jesus, the bridegroom from Jesus, the judge, while in, even in the midst of his judgments, he's still fully bridegroom, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so if you look at this passage through the lens of the bridegroom, this is how, this is how he kind of like gave this to me. I have, I have a written down of like, and here's another way of saying this passage. Jesus says to these people who come to him, I gave you all these gifts and I allowed you to walk in power and yet you never opened your heart to me. Mm. You never allowed me to know the deepest parts of you. You did all the spiritual things and yet you kept me at a distance. I knocked on the door of your heart and you would not let me in. Mm. I can't even bear seeing you knowing we won't be together in eternity. My heart aches within me. Leave my presence. And so it's not, it it totally changed the lens for me. It's not this cold, 
get out of my sight. I don't want nothing to do with you. No, think about this patches with tears rolling down his face. He, it, the scriptures talk about how he doesn't desire or he desires everyone to be, to come into the knowledge of who he is. Mm-hmm. We are talking about praying for those who even he knows that won't ever open their heart to him. He still keeps his heart engaged. You think about, it says this about Judas um, in the gospels. I think it's John says this about the disciples that he loved them even until the end. And it mm-hmm. includes Judas. Mm-hmm. Even the one that he knew was going to betray him, he kept his heart open mm-hmm. to Judas. And so the, I just I just remember being an 18 year old. And this was actually the first message I ever preached was Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And it was just like, I just missed his mm-hmm. heart so mm-hmm. much on it. Yeah. And when he shows me, Nathan, I say these words with tears in my eyes. I mean, mm-hmm. it just ripped me open yeah i mean just even as you're talking i always like to make it really practical so we're not just like i don't know in the clouds somewhere right if you think of like a marriage on earth and you could you know like be doing business projects together you could go and like grocery shop together go through all the motions kids together yeah look like a great family from the outside Mm -hmm. but like behind closed doors you never talk you never share your heart you never open up like there's no intimacy in any way yes like you can be doing all the things you can be a functioning family you can like look right you Mm -hmm. look like you're in a like covenant, which I mean, whatever you are, but like you can have that totally neglecting intimacy. Mm. If you're not keeping your heart open, you're not keeping your heart tender. Like yes. you're not willing to go to that place. Like it, it can look right from the outside, but it would be the pain of like a husband being like, I don't actually know my wife. Yes. Like legitimately. <sighs> I, she hasn't shared her heart with me, her thoughts. Like, She's not reciprocating love. Like that's, that's what that is. Yes, absolutely. And I, the, the kind of the fourth revelation goes along with this same passage Mm -hmm. because not only um, do we not, or does the, do we rob the Lord from knowing us on the earth if we never open our heart to him, Mm -hmm. but we also actually rob him from knowing us fully in the consummation. And that's something that he started speaking in my heart. He was like, Nathan, this, I never knew you is I never knew you on earth and I never get to know you fully. Mm. And I'm like, how can that even be true? You're all knowing, Mm. right? And yet there's, there's this dynamic with the Lord where he actually doesn't know us fully until we've been given to him. And there is that that consummation. We have the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which is the down payment, mm-hmm. right? But there's actually a go, going to be an actual consummation of our marriage together. Mm-hmm. And so he spoke to me one day. He said, Nathan, I long to know my bride fully. And so whenever we, whenever in this passage, whenever they, that's one of the reasons why he's so distraught why there's tears coming down his eyes is because not only did we, did they rob him from knowing them on the earth, but they robbed him from ever knowing, 
knowing each other fully in the consummation and in eternity. Mm. This is so much bigger than just our lives on the earth. We're talking about, you know, the Lord's thinking about eternity. Yeah. His desire is to spend forever with us. Yeah. These short 70, 80 years, they're gone. Like, you know, the scriptures talk about it all the time. And they're like, you know, grass that withers, like, you know, you know, a mist in the air. And so, but, but he's thinking longevity. He, he's mm-hmm. thinking eternity. Yeah. And, and so that actually probably pains him more mm-hmm. than our short 80 years. He's thinking about the trillions of years that he won't get to spend eternity with. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. Yeah. Guys, these are, these are the first four on the list. I actually have eight altogether, mm-hmm. but I hope that you've just been like listening to these first four. Maybe you've seen or you're hearing and you're like, man, I've never seen that in the scriptures or I've never realized that about the heart of the Lord. Let these things cut you and mm-hmm. and go and read these different passages that we're bringing up and look at them through this lens that we're kind of talking about. And I think there's a whole journey for, for our listeners to go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about something that he's been hitting me with for the last eight months mm-hmm. and I've been engaging with these concepts and I've been getting wrecked. Yeah. Um, but why don't you guys stay tuned with us? We're going to do uh, a part two on this. What do you think? When we go Let's through the it. other four, you want to? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. All right, guys, this has been another episode of Jesus people. Having Jesus conversations. (laughs) (laughs) To provoke greater love for Jesus. So tune in with us for this next episode for part two.